Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. For the last few days, Mary Alice and I have been counting down uh, the seven rules of staying power, which has been part of a talk that I brought to Christian leaders through the years, also brought into the corporate world. And I've always been amazed at how this talk has had, you know, impact in either situation. You know, a long time ago, Mary Alice and I knew that we weren't going to have a lot of the power that this world considers important, you know, the power of money or the power of uh, some kind of extraordinary classic education, or the power of knowing the right people. Um, but we believed that there was power in staying and just continuing to do what God has called us to do. And that's something that all of us can have. All of us can have staying power. And I think when it gets right down to it, whenever we're in the Lord's work with the power of the Holy Spirit, staying power is the most important power to have. Well, if you heard these first six, you might think that the message that we're trying to get across is that perseverance is what allows us to have great achievements. And I think there's a legit aspect to that. But on this seventh rule of staying power, I want to challenge our thinking a little bit to recognize that perseverance may be your greatest achievement. You know, when we get through with our lives, if God allows us to have success, the headline will not be, you know, whatever the measurables were in our life, the headline will be that we stayed at what God called us to. Let me give you the biblical rationale for that. There is a verse in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, that's going to be familiar with a lot of Bible students. It, it's the verse in the Bible about staying. It's the verse about steadfastness. It says, therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It's the perseverance verse. It just simply says, stay at it, knowing that your work is not in vain. But to me, what's really intriguing about this verse, and, and typically when I hear it taught, I, I don't hear taught what I think is perhaps the most important thought of all. First Corinthians chapter 15 is a chapter about the rapture. It's a chapter about the resurrection. Doesn't it feel kind of peculiar to have a verse at the end about being steadfast when the whole theme of the chapter has been resurrection from the dead and the rapture? Well, the first verse of verse 58, the verse about steadfastness is the word, first word is therefore. And like Mary Alice is always saying when she teaches the Bible, if you come across the word therefore, you need to know what it's there for. And if you want to know what it's there for, you look back at the previous sentence. So if verse 58 is saying to us to be steadfast and to persevere, what does verse 57 say? It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What that verse tells me is that if I'm going to have any wins in my life, and I've been pleased to experience them, the wins come from the Lord. You know, those, those W's, those wins come from God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if anything measurable happens in my life, it's God who brings the victory. What God is saying is, Mark, your assignment is to stay. Your, your assignment is to stay at it. Your assignment is to persevere. And that's why the Bible says, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God is going to bring the win. All I have to do is stay at it. That's my job. And that's the headline. And that's why I give you number seven, perseverance may actually be your greatest achievement. When I think about this statement, I think about a person who is very important in my life. In fact, Mary Alice and I just talked about him last week, and that's my dad. 
Now, many of you know the story how that my dad pastored the same church for 50 years in Fort Worth. Then he came and was our care pastor for 13 years. But what you might not know about my dad was he had basically no classical training at all. Not because he wanted it that way. My dad was 25 years old when he surrendered to the ministry. He'd, been a, he'd grown up a farm boy. He had tried to farm early in his young adult life after he married my mom. But he wound up basically being a house painter. He painted houses for a living in Burnett. And he'd, done very, he'd been very successful. His business was thriving. But when he was 25 years of age, God, in a revival meeting, called my dad to preach. And so dad and mom sold everything they had and moved to Fort Worth to go to school to study for the ministry. At least that was the plan. Well, dad, of course, uh, had to pay his way through school. And so you, you can imagine, just put yourself in his place. You know, here he is. He's brand new to Fort Worth. He's living in the city now. He knows painting. So that's how he's going to make a living, go through school. And in those days, uh, they, they didn't have Lowe's or Home Depot. There were, there were like little independently owned lumber yards. And in those days, oftentimes people who owned a home project would go to the lumber yard, the lumber store, and there would be craftspeople there in the store, and that's how they would make their deals. Well, my dad would go down to the Berry Street lumber yard in Fort Worth, and he would wait till jobs came, and he'd go out and paint. Well, one day he'd come in from one of those jobs, and he was in the lumber yard, lumber store, and he was cleaning his brushes. And a man from the neighborhood had come in to talk to the owner, and he was telling him that they had three or four families down in the community close to the lumber store called, uh, in fact, the, the name that was given to it was Ignorant Hill. So he said, we got about four families down here in Ignorant Hill. And he said, we're trying to start a church and we need a preacher. And just kind of as a joke, the owner of the lumberyard thumbed back toward my dad, who was cleaning his brushes. He, he like, I, I think I told this story the other day, he'd only preached two or three times, you know, and he had only been in school for a few days. And the man came back to my dad and dad wound up preaching there. And I think I shared this the other day. That was the last Sunday in August of 1951. And in the year 2000, at the end of 2000, dad was still preaching there. I look back on that story and there were a lot of elements that if you looked at it from a human perspective, there would be weakness. My dad had no experience. He'd probably not preach more than two or three times. He didn't get to have an education because something had to give. And his, basically it was his education. So he was self-taught, but he stayed, he stayed. And I just think it's so important for us to understand that perseverance in life may be your greatest achievement. Let's pray. Father, help us to stay when we feel like leaving and quitting. Help us to remember that you bring the winds. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us on Noah's Window today. God willing, we'll be back very soon.